Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody needs to hear this morning that the battle belongs to the Lord. This could not have been a more perfect course, and uh, the verses and everything associated with that for leading into this message. The Lord sent me here today with holy boldness. As we were finishing prayer before the service, the Lord just told me that someone needs to get what I'm going to be preaching about this morning. I, I believe not only for someone that's here, but somebody that's going to be online, they need to hear and they need to get what I'm going to be preaching about this morning. And if you will embrace it, it will change your life. We're looking at Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 and verse 33. And I will be first to say that I am the least worthy to preach the Word of God this morning, but the Lord has sent me with a message. Amen. The song said, the weapon that is formed against you, it will not prosper. And so Romans 8, we're going to start at verse 33. Welcome this morning. We're glad you're here. And those that are joining us online, you should be in church this morning. Ooh, I actually said that. I was thinking it, but I didn't realize I was going to say it. Anyhow, but we are glad you're online. Amen. Romans chapter 8, and I know some are online because they just had a baby. <laughs> and others are online because to, for whatever reason, but we're glad. We're glad that you're joining us. Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Welcome to everyone that's here. Uh, and starting at verse 33, it says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Verse 34, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Focusing on verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Sister Melanie talked about the sword. Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, notice this, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Then he goes on in verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, verse 39, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. From these verses I want to preach this morning, who shall separate us? Who shall separate us? Lord, oh, I feel your anointing so strong right now, Jesus. I feel your presence so strong. And God, I believe that you have sent me here with this message. Somewhat, someone's life is going to be changed this morning. 
Someone's been hanging on by the last thread. Someone has been in a desperate position in their life and they are struggling and they're battling and they are fighting and it seems like they are just hanging on by a thread. But Lord, today you are going to push them right back into victory. You're going to lead them right back into a powerful relationship with you and I trust you for it right now in Jesus' name. Would somebody join me by saying amen? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As I looked at these verses, and Brother Sam, if I get too loud, please turn me down. But as I looked at these verses the other day, I saw something that I hadn't quite seen before. God began to talk to me, and God began to uh, minister his word to me. And I I looked at particular, particularly I looked at that word who in those verses. And it caught my attention. It says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Somebody needs to understand that there is an enemy that wants to destroy you, but there is a God that wants to save you. And there's nothing that the enemy can do that God can't undo. My God, I feel his presence right now. There's nothing that someone can do in your life or against you that can take you out of or away from your walk with God. You can walk away from it, but nobody can take you out of it. There's no devil in hell that can take you away from the presence, the anointing, and the power of God. We need to settle that in our mind and know who shall separate us from the love of God? Who is going to try to take me out of the church? Who is going to try to force me to walk away from God. There's not a person, there's not a thing in this world that can take us out of serving God. Y'all are going to get me started early. This is supposed to be the introduction this morning. So here is again what caught my attention. Who shall lay anything? Who is going to accuse you before God? Uh, amen. The enemy might try to accuse me, accuse me and accuse you, but the Lord is responding back by saying they're washed. They're covered by the blood. You can try to accuse them, but they've been covered. They are washed. And I am no longer looking at their failures. I'm looking at their victories. It goes on, who is he that condemneth, verse 34. Then it says in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And so I want to ask you the question this morning, is tribulation a who? Now I want you to think about this. The the word who there is what's called an interrogative pronoun. We know that a noun is a person, place, or thing. But when you study those verses, the word who doesn't quite fit. It kind of should should say what shall separate us. When you study it out, either word is, is interchangeable. But as I begin to pour myself into studying and praying about this message, the Lord began to remind me that I had the, in, the interpreters 
put the word who in there because the word who in there, it needs to be in there. It was some 54 people that translated the, the scriptures in the King James Version into English. And I began to ask the Lord, the word what fits better? Because tribulation is not a who. Or is it? Isn't tribulation a what? But what if the Lord wanted who in there because there's another meaning behind it? So are those things, the things that are talked about here, distress and persecution and famine and nakedness and peril and sword, are they a who or are they a what? Technically, they could go either way. But was the writer of Romans wrong when he called these who? Verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who can accuse you is what it's saying. Verse 34, who is he that condemneth? When God asks the question, we need to understand this. It's not that God doesn't know the answer. It's that we need to get the answer. God knows the answer to the question. Whenever he asks the question, he already knows the answer. But he wants to grab a hold of your attention so that you can get the answer to the question that he already knows and the problem he already knows. So he wants you to find the answer to the question. Now, for just a moment, if you could look around this audience, and I would ask you to ask yourself this question. Is there a people, one person or, or anybody in this audience that could take you away from your walk with God? The answer would be no. I mean, there's some pretty strong, burly people here. But you know what? You can't take me away from my walk with God. You might be able to beat me up, but you can't convince me that serving God is not worthwhile. Who can separate you from the love of Christ? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And let me add this for just a moment. Uh, if you've got in the back of your mind that there's a particular person or a situation that can take you out and take you away from serving God, you're probably right. Uh, if you've sold yourself over to that to say that if this happens, I'm going to walk away from God, uh, then it might just happen. But you've got to make it up in your mind. Uh, nothing is going to take me out. Uh, I'm not going to stop walking with God. I'm not going to be pushed out of the church. I'm not going to, Sister Deborah, I am not going to be bullied by the enemy that is trying to huff and puff and blow my house down. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to stop serving God. Oh, somebody say praise the Lord. When we're dealing with issues, and everybody say issues, look at your neighbor and say, you got issues. You can say that with a smile on your face, all right? Because every one of us has issues, right, Sister Deb? I mean, every one of us has issues. My issues have issues. And so when we're dealing with issues like tribulation or persecution, sometimes we need to speak to the spirit behind the issue. 
That's why I think the word who is there because it's directing us to speak to the spirit behind the issue. Your tribulation might be a what, but it's a who that's driving your tribulation. Somebody isn't getting this yet. And so, if you went to the doctor, and the doctor, you went to the doctor with terrible headaches, migraines, and that doctor simply said, I'm going to give you some Tylenol and let you walk out the door. You ought to fire him. What's causing? You see, that doctor needs to take you through a process to help discover what is causing the problem. There's a root cause to the issue. And when we understand that there is a root cause to our tribulation, when there's a root cause to our persecution, when there's a root cause to the famine and these other things in our life, then we will speak to the issue behind the problem. Are we getting it yet? So I ask this. This is going to be a strange question here. What is the who behind the what? What is the who behind the what? The what is famine. The who is the spirit of poverty or laziness. You don't want me to preach about that this morning. Or complacency. The what is distress. The who is fear or doubt. It could be mistrust. It could be in interpersonal relationships. It could be conflicts. It could be idleness. It could be death of a loved one. It could be a divorce. It could be abuse. It could be family or parents. It could be financial difficulties and environmental adjustments. It could be debt. But when it says, what is distress, the who behind it is what we're looking at. The what is persecution. But the who is mental illness or race relations or politics or religious beliefs or hatred of truth and mistreatment. The who is tribulation. I mean, the what is tribulation. The who is the cause of our suffering. The what is nakedness. The who is get dressed. The who is sin because sin causes spiritual nakedness. It causes shame and embarrassment. The what is peril. The who is the day is not only danger, but it's also bad decisions and being overwhelmed. The what is a sword, but the who is the battles that we face, the controversy, the strife. So is the battle or the situation you are in a result of bad decisions that you have made? You need to chew on that for a little while. You might want to get the CD and play it again later. 
You see, the first part of getting the victory in your life is to admit your failures and your weaknesses and get back on track. That is the first part of getting the victory in your life. The reality of the who question is that nothing, no one can separate you from the love of Christ. You need to tell yourself that. You need to sell it to yourself that nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing can take me out. Uh, no doubt, no fear, no battle, uh, no, no suffering at my workplace, uh, no suffering in my marriage, no suffering at my home, uh, no suffering when I go to the grocery store, no suffering when I go to the gas station and it's $4.25 or 35 or 45 or 65 or 75 or 85 cents uh, and what used to call, call, uh, uh, cost me $50 to fill the car is now costing me $150 to fill the car. Talk about distress. You, you understand where I'm coming from. Uh, amen. Everything seems to be topsy-turvy, but yet I know this. Uh, I am confident that Jesus is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against this day. COVID's not going to take me out. Uh, the next version of COVID is not going to take me out. Uh, and the next version after that is not going to take me out. Uh, distress is not going to take me out. Uh, famine is not going to take me out. Nakedness is not going to take me out. Uh, nothing will take me away from my walk with God. No person, no thing can separate you. You can walk away, but there's no power in the universe that can take you out of your relationship with God. My God, I'm feeling his presence. Romans chapter 8, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? You see, we've got to stop being Christians who feel bullied and walk around scared all the time. I'm not taking that back. I said, I'm not taking that back. We've got to stop being bullied by the devil. We've got to stop being bullied by our flesh. We've got to stop walking around in the mully grubs all the time like we are constantly fighting when God is saying that we are more than conquerors. We have gotten to the point where we believe the devil's lies and we believe them so good that they have become our truth. Some of us are walking around for the next shoe to drop. Do you know what I mean by what I'm saying that? It's like we have gone from defeat to defeat to failure to defeat to problem to problem to issue to this to that. And we're just waiting for the next shoe to drop. What's going to happen next? But what if we wake up? What if we shake ourselves? What if we shake ourselves to the point of victory to help us help us to understand that, Lord, I am more than a conqueror. And I'm not going to wait for the next shoe to drop. I'm not going to wait for the next problem. I'm going to praise you through this. Jesus. We walk around like trouble and pain and, and sickness uh, are inevitable. 
Somebody needs to hear that. We walk around like as a part of our life. But I listen, we will go through issues. We'll go through struggles. We'll go through all kinds of problems at times. I understand that. But I'm not, I, I refuse to keep looking at my problems. I refuse to keep looking at my issues. I refuse to let those things add up and the strength of God diminish. I refuse to let all that negative and all those issues come up to the top so that that's all I see. And forget about how God has been to me, how good he has been to me, how he's delivered me, how he's healed me, how he's set me free. Uh, I, I refuse uh, to let all the negative outweigh all the good. Are you still with me or you're, you're more interested in the hamburger you're going to get after church? Now, let me say this. If you're such a bad driver that the only way you can get insurance is to go to the, into the insurance pool, maybe you ought to get a pass for the bus or call Uber or something. I'm going to talk about that more in just a little bit. But don't blame your terrible driving on the other guy. Some of you have more dents in your car than you got car. It got really quiet in here. I know somebody that's had so many accidents that it's a miracle they can get insurance at all. Maybe they ought to just give up on driving. You're not good at it. And if you hear this message, yeah, I said it. Don't worry. The person I'm talking about is not here, so don't go looking around. Who is it? I'm going to say this. I'm probably going to offend somebody. But we've got to stop these dumb, pointless prayers and pray with power and authority. You don't want me to get started. <laughs> we preach these fluffy feel good, make me feel good prayers when some of our prayers just need to be walk right up into the face of the devil and say, you ain't touching me. And you ain't touching my kids. And you ain't touching. Oh, sorry about the King's English. I'm doing really good at killing the King's English. But you aren't going to touch me. You ain't going to touch me. You ain't going to get victory over. You're, you, don't, you have no authority over my finances. You have no authority over my job. You have no authority over my relative that has cancer. You have no authority over this or that in my life. You don't have the authority. We've got to remember that Jesus went down to the pit of hell and grabbed the keys and said, devil, you don't have keys to your own home anymore. You, you really ought to feel bad about the devil right now because he don't, he don't even have the keys to his own house. Who did he give the keys to? The church. He gave the keys to the church. That means you and I. He gave the keys to you and I. So we can, if we want to, if we're not too scared of it, march into the enemy's home, march right into his living room and his big, gigantic 
TV screen and stand right in front of him and say, I'm taking my son back. I'm taking my daughter back. I'm taking my money back. I'm taking my job back. I'm taking my health back. In the name of Jesus. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be a drug addict. You don't have to be uh, 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 so wrapped up with issues in your life that you can't even think straight. Jesus. In Acts chapter 19, verse 13, it says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Problem number one. Then it goes on, 14. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. Paul I know, but who are you? That's our issue. If the devil doesn't know who you are. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And notice this, and the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now understand this, they were using the name of Jesus. We kind of forget that. They were using the name of Jesus, and we know the name of Jesus is the name that we're supposed to call over our situations, right? But there has to be a connection, there has to be a relationship. There's a lot of people that say, say the name of Jesus all day long in a swear word. It has no, no authority along with it. Uh, but when a child of God uh, who has a relationship, who is baptized in his name, filled with his spirit, calls upon the name of Jesus, uh, now the devil has to stand to attention. Amen. The angels have to stand to attention because now there's authority behind the relationship. The relationship and the name are interconnected. So when you have the relationship and use the name, then there is nothing that can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Are you getting it yet? And then I want to show you something in Revelation 12 and 11. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Somebody say Testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. We love this verse. But I want to ask you what precedes it. I'm going to get back there in just a minute. But let me go back to verse 11. And they overcame him with the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. Somebody has to testify. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Let's go back to verse 10. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Notice this. For the accuser of our brethren. Come on, somebody, read it. 
is cast down. <laughs> you ever heard the phrase kicking somebody when they're down? It's okay to kick the devil when he's down. Just a little side thought. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. So before verse 11, which says that we overcome him with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony comes, the fact that there is an accuser of the brethren that is cast down. So he's cast down. Now we have victory through our testimony and through the blood. The who, is the, the who is the one that accuses us before God. But he is cast down. So I submit this, that we don't have to wait until Revelation 12 and 10 happens because the accuser is already cast down. So my question is, who shall separate you? Who shall lay charge? Who is he that condemneth? There's two ways to look at the word or ask the word who. You can, when you talk about the word who, it can be a question like you're trying to find out information. Like, who stole the tires off my car? Who stole my catalytic converter? You might want to tie that thing down, by the way. You ask a question. The other way to ask or use the word who is as an accusation. When I was growing up, my mom had a phrase that I have memorized to this day. Sister Maria, that phrase is, who do you think you are? Anybody ever experienced that? All right. Whenever I was acting a fool, my mother, mother would look at me and say, who do you think you are? Kind of like, I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. Who do you think you are? Have you ever done that to your kids? You don't talk to me like that. I'm your mama. You don't talk to me like that. I'm your daddy. You understand? Who do you think you are? If it, now, now, bear with me for just a minute. If it wasn't so expensive and dangerous and wrong, I would drive on the highway like it was bumper cars. You think you can cut me off? Bam. You think you can ride my bumper? Bam. Anybody getting it yet? And don't you dare tell me you haven't thought about it. You lie, you fry. You know you've thought about it. So be honest for a moment. You think you can point me to heaven? Bam! You think you can pass me? Bam! 
You get my listen. I I am. I'm a great driver. I haven't had an accident in a long time. But every time I drive, I think about taking somebody out. Your blinker's been on for the last 10 miles. Bam! Who do you think you are? You think you could take my parking spot? Bam! You think you can park up, park and take up four spaces? Bam! I don't know if you're getting it yet. During the last storm, the last snowstorm of this year, it was a fairly big snowstorm. And we had a guy this with this sports car that had no traction whatsoever. Bald tires, I think. I heard him trying to go up the road. He couldn't go up the road. He couldn't go down the road. I mean, his engine was sounding all kind of wheezy like it had asthma. And, and I, you know, I'm just plowing. I plowed the church driveway, and it was still snowing hard. And so I went out and did a couple of the other driveways. I came back, and that guy parked his car right at the top of the hill right over here where I couldn't get by it with the plow truck. He left, no note, didn't say he was leaving it there, didn't ask for permission to leave it there, and he was messing with my plowing. Brother Brown, Pastor Brown, I have a confession right now. You all have to forgive me about this. But I came this close to nudging up to the back of his car with the plow and pushing him down the hill. I'm telling the truth. Confession time. You know, somebody put the collar on the whole deal, you know. I mean, I almost pushed him down the hill. But then I thought, sister, she's shaking her head. I'm thinking like, That's not what somebody that's in the ministry should do. But then I even second thought that. I said, well, that's not even something a Christian should do, let alone. Anyhow. I was so tempted to nudge that car down the hill. When he finally showed up hours later after the storm had stopped and he comes walking in with a big old grin on his face, I rolled down my window and said, who do you think you are? Then I realized I need to be nice. So that part got out. It just kind of slipped. (laughs) And then he goes, well, I couldn't go here and I couldn't go there. And my brother who lives right over there, and I'm thinking like, oh, you got a brother that lives right here? My brother lives right there, and he said you wouldn't have a problem with it because you're such a nice guy. Talk about a pin in the balloon. I I was ready to just lay it down. I was ready to take him out. I was ready to say, you ever do that again? And then I'm like, oh, you know what? It really wasn't that much of a problem. Jesus, you got to forgive me. See, we need to understand that sometimes we just need to get up in in, in the grill of the enemy and say, who do you think you are? 
you don't scare me. You think you can push me out of the church? You can't push me out of the church. You don't have the power. You think you can, you can get me to give up on Jesus? No. You think you can, can condemn me? There is therefore now no, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So you can't condemn me. You think you can make me talk badly about my brother or my sister in the church? Oh, it ain't going to happen. Not out of this mouth. I'm not going to offer up praises to the Lord uh, and talk badly about my brother or my sister in the Lord. Uh, you think you can cause division in the church? Uh, I'm going to pray that we have unity. You think you can? That you think that the that uh, Amen. The the Lord is going to listen to your accusations about me. You've got to understand uh, that He washed me. Somebody needs to shout it right now. Who do you think you are? You see, next time depression sneaks in, you need to shout, who do you think you are? And there's some people here today that have been going through depression. I felt it in the Lord this morning. There's some of you that are going through depression right now. And I speak to that depression in the name of Jesus. Who do you think you are? They are a blood-bought child of the king. He, he shed his blood for them. He bought them on Calvary's tree. In the name of Jesus Christ, who do you think you are? They're a child of God. Take your hands off of them. Take your hands off of them right now. Now, in Jesus' name, the next time the doctor gives you bad news, you need to look at that doctor and say, who do you think you are? Well, maybe not directly to the doctor. That might not be a good idea, especially since you're paying him like $580 an hour. But you, Lord, help me right now. Not necessarily to the face of the doctor, but you can, you can speak to the diagnosis you can speak to the diagnosis, who do you think you are? Now, I want to ask you to say it again. And say it like you really mean it. Who do you think you are? Okay. Now say it with authority. Who do you think you are? <laughs> now say it with anger. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> you know, grit your teeth. In Revelation chapter 12, 11, it says, and, and I read it before, but it says, and they overcame him with the blood of the lamb and with the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So it says, by the what? By the blood and by the word of their testimony. I know I'm kind of rehashing that, but I think it's important that we do. So I want to ask you this. When's the last time you testified to your trouble? Let me ask this side over here. Has any of you ever been healed by the Lord? Just sli slide your hand up, okay? You've ever been healed by the Lord? So next time you get sick, if you do, you have a testimony because you have been healed in the past. So you can testify to that sickness. God healed me of diabetes so he can heal me of COVID. God healed me of a heart issue so he can heal me of this. Sometimes we just need to testify 
to what we're going through. And so what is a testimony? A testimony is a praise report. All right. I know you're getting hungry, but just bear with me for a few minutes. What is a testimony? It is a praise report. And so when we praise through our troubles, our troubles diminish. A testimony explains what you have seen and what you have experienced. God, God delivered me from alcohol. That is a testimony that you can use to help deliver someone else. God delivered you from drug addiction. You can use that to help deliver someone else and give them hope that it can happen. God delivered you from depression, so you can use your, de- your testimony to deliver someone else. Obviously, it's not you doing the delivering, but your testimony is helping someone go in the right direction. So some of you need to testify to the devil about your deliverance. You can just say, Jesus washed me, so leave me alone. Now, you're, I, I have to admit something right now. See, I don't, I don't even like giving the devil the time of day. Why? He's a waste of my time. Why, why should I give the enemy of my soul the time of day so that I'm occupying him in my mind? There's no reason for it. He has no power. He, if, if he has any power at all, he has to ask permission of Jesus. And if Jesus gives him permission, uh, then Jesus knows I am going to be okay and I'm going to get through with it. So why, why would I let him occupy my brain? Now, some of you like country music, God forgive you. I hate songs about losing your girlfriend, losing your home, losing your job, losing your dog. Doesn't make any sense. I, it's like singing about all the bad things that happened to you. You're singing. You're supposed to be singing. Singing is supposed to be uplifting. Kind of like, this is kind of like a country song is in the Bible. Oh, woe is me, a man who has lost and undone, a man of unclean lips. I get there and my teeth are like, ugh. <laughs> it's in the Bible, so, I, you know, I, but it's kind of like singing about all the negative stuff. I'm lost, I'm undone, hallelujah. Anyhow. You see, I don't want to remember that. I want to forget that. So you know what happens when you play country music backwards? You get your wife back, and you get your house back, and you get your dog back, and you get your cat back, although you don't want your cat back because cats are useless. Sorry, Sister Brenda. That's why I sing unto the Lord a new song. I sing unto the Lord a new song. 
it doesn't have to the lyrics don't have to be perfect they don't have to be pretty and your voice doesn't even have to be good because when you sing to the lord a new song it's going up as a sweet smelling savor before the lord and he is loving it and embracing it and accepting it we need to testify to the devil about the good things that jesus has done for us if you do tell let me tell you this if you do that the enemy will not stick around so I'm suggesting this don't replay your misery replay your victory We need to get bold and we need to speak it out. So I would ask you this morning, I'm going to close here in just a couple minutes if Sister Melanie wants to come. Amen. What is your issue right now? What are you going through right now? You can speak to it. You can testify to it. If you've got a child at home that is not walking with the Lord, walk into his or her bedroom and wrap your arms around their clothes and speak to it and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, let them not be comfortable in these clothes at the club. Let them not be comfortable in this situation anymore. Grab a hold of the steering wheel of their car and pray over it and say, in the name of Jesus, protect my child as they travel. We can testify to the headaches. We can testify to the things that we are going right now, going through. We can testify to marriage problems, uh, and we can speak against it. Uh, I'm honestly just getting started, uh, but we can say addiction in the name of Jesus Christ. uh, I bind you. We can speak to our financial problems. Uh, We can speak to that cancer. We can speak to that spiritual problem we're going through. We can speak to that job situation. We can speak to anxiety and say, anxiety, you have no place in my my body anymore. We can speak to that depression and say, depression, I am washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, We can speak to that pain. We can speak to that fear. As I close this morning, I want to remind you that we are more, more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Brother Sam, Put up Romans chapter 8, verse 37 and 38, or 37 through 39, but Romans chapter 8, verse 37. In the same context of the scriptures that I read to you a little while ago, at the end of those verses, notice what it says in verse 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Next verse. For I am persuaded. You know, if you're persuaded about something, you're going to fight for it. If you're wishy-washy, you might, you might not. But you're not really committed to it, right? But if you're persuaded, then nobody's going to talk you out of it. Are you still there? If you're persuaded, it's like you can't change my mind. Some of us need to get stubborn regarding our attitude about serving God. All right, let me keep going. So, for I am persuaded that neither death, if I die before the Lord comes, I'm going to still be serving God. Nor life, 
Sometimes the things in our life are troublesome. Not as easy as we would like them to be. The things that happen to us. So death isn't going to do it. Life isn't going to do it. But then there's not an angel. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, which is governments, nor powers, which is spiritual, nor things present, nothing today, nothing right now, nothing right here. Somebody shout and say nothing. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor what's going to happen tomorrow nor things to come now you're going to get it next verse nor height nor depth nor any other creature what he's saying is I think I've tried to cover all of my bases but just in case there's something I didn't cover nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord so somebody needs to walk away with this message Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine more than you could ever comprehend there is no way that in our human intellect and our human thinking that we can fully embrace and understand how much God loves us. We can try. We can try to compare it to Calvary. He loved us so much that he allowed those Roman soldiers to tear the skin off of his back by whipping him. To spit into his face and to pull that beard off of his face. And then to go to that old rugged tree where they nailed him to that cross. Through his wrists and through his ankles. And when it got close to the Passover, they ended up sticking a spear into his side. We can't comprehend that kind of love that God would manifest. Sister Marie talked about it earlier. That God would manifest himself uh, or he would put on the form of a human being uh, so that he could save us. The king of the heavens, the king of the universe walking the dusty roads of Galilee. But he became a man so that he could love us and redeem us. Would you stand with me this morning? If we could comprehend the love of God, if we could comprehend how much he thinks about us. I, somebody needs to hear this this morning, that God thinks about you. I want you to hear this. God thinks about you. Listen to me. 
The Lord sent you here this morning so that you could hear this message. The Lord sent you to connect with us online this morning so that you could hear this message. And it's simply this. Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? And the answer is nothing. There's nothing that can do it. There's nothing. And if you want to use the word what, because it happens to fit a little bit better, better than what can separate you from the love of Christ. Sister Melanie, this was an excellent song that you started, or that you were singing right before I began to preach. We're going to sing it again. And this altar is going to be open, but this is what I'm asking. I want you to make a, a deal with me right now. That if you're going to come down to this altar, I don't want you to ask for anything this morning. Please don't ask for anything. Celebrate the goodness of God. Celebrate His mercy and His love and His compassion for you. So when you come to this altar, I'm just asking that you thank Him. Thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. Sister Melanie's going to sing. If, if we have praise singers in here, if you could help us out. Oh, they're there. Thank you. In fact, would you fo folks mind coming right up here and leading us? We're going to have a little bit of a worship service here at the end of this message. Go ahead, Melanie. Let's, Sister Melanie, let's sing it. Your victory. Oh, I'm going to see your victory. victory. For the, the battle belongs. Hear the message. Hear the message. Hear the oh, message. I'm the battle belongs to the Lord. Victory. It's not your battle. I'm going to see your victory. The altar's open if you want to come and talk to Jesus. The battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. The weapon might be formed. The weapon might be formed, but it's not going to prosper. Go ahead. It won't Oh, Jesus, I feel your presence. Because the God I know knows only how to triumph. Oh, my God will never fail. Did you hear it? My God's not going to fail. My God Your God's not going to fail. I know there's more people that want to come. This altar's open. We're not going to coerce you. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. We're going to see your victory. We're going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There is power in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm not backing down from any giant. I know how this story I know how this story is. Yes, I know. Melanie, we're gonna turn it down just for a minute. We're gonna turn it down just for a minute. Just for a minute. Alright. I would I would be remiss if I didn't say this. That there's somebody here this morning 
that you have been fighting depression to the point of wanting to hurt yourself. You're here because the Lord brought you here. Because he wanted to give you hope. He wants to give you hope. You came here hopeless, and you're going to walk out of here with hope. Jesus loves you. Hear it. Jesus loves you. They're going to keep singing. There is power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant, cause I know how this story ends. There's some really great victories happening right now. God's doing amazing things. See your victory, oh, we're gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, we're gonna see your victory, we're gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, we're gonna see your victory yes we're gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you lord you can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good and turn it for good And turn it for good, and turn it for good. You can take what the enemy meant for evil, and turn it for good, and turn it for good. Oh, we're gonna see your victory, we're gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, we're gonna see your victory. We're gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm gonna see your victory. Well, I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't breathe. 
to triumph. Oh, my God will never fail. No, my God will never fail. Oh, we're gonna see your victory. We're gonna see your victory for the just a minute we're going to keep singing in just a minute but in the book of i believe it's second chronicles chapter 20 there's a story where the inhabitants of mount seir and the moabites and the ammonites all gathered together to fight against judah and they had them surrounded and it looked hopeless and the Bible says that King Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah at the time, had great fear in his heart. But he didn't let the fear stop him. 
because the Bible said he set his face to seek the Lord here's what we need to understand about the Moabites and the Ammonites and the inhabitants of Mount Seir which would be the descendants of Esau they all represented past mistakes in the history of Abraham's descendants they were the results of mistakes that were made by people that knew the Lord and were supposed to serve God they were the results of that and they were mistakes and they were issues from their past and as I'm walking through the altar today and I'm praying with people I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost that there are people that are letting the mistakes of their past and the voices of things that they've done in their past dictate to them and surround them and torment them and condemn you and there you're trying to let that happen but God sent Bishop Trine here this morning to preach to you that there is no condemnation. You heard it. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And what did Jehoshaphat do? The Bible says that a man of God, as he began to seek the Lord, that a man of God came to Jehoshaphat and he said, you're not even going to have to fight this battle because this battle is the Lord's. You know why? I feel the Holy Ghost right now because all of those things from the past were had already been handled by God he had already redeemed the past and when you've been baptized in Jesus name and God has filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost your past doesn't have any authority or permission to speak into your life anymore and you need to stop listening to it and you just need to go ahead and what did Jehoshaphat do the Bible said Jehoshaphat got up the next morning and he said he encouraged the people and he said God's already won this battle for us so we're not going to pick up our swords and our weapons we're going to send the praisers out in the front and we're going to worship the Lord and as they the Bible says that as they began to sing as they began to praise the Lord that the Lord sent ambushments in other words he sent angelic armies to begin to fight on their behalf so that they went down into the valley of Tekoa to fight there was no battle to fight anymore all they had to do was reap the spoils and take back and if everything that the enemy had tried to steal from them and so for a few more minutes what we're going to do right now is we're going to keep worshiping we are going to worship and we're going to allow we're going to praise God and all those voices from your past has been trying to torment you are going to be silent as the voices of praise are lift up and God has given you the victory and he's going to begin to restore things that you thought you had lost in the name of Jesus come on sister Melanie let's worship the Lord because the battle belongs to the Lord the victory is in your praise your victory is in your worship your victory is in your praise and worship right now the battle is belongs to the Lord and he is fighting for you this very moment Your victory, yes, we're gonna see your 
your victory for the battle belongs to you lord oh we're gonna see your victory we're gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you lord oh we're gonna see your victory victory for the battle belongs to you Lord you can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good and turn it for good you can take what the enemy meant for evil turn it for good and turn it for good you can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good and turn it for good oh we're gonna see your victory we're gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. We're gonna see your victory. We're gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, I wonder if we could change it up just a little bit. Sister Melanie, can we sing the weapons we use are not bombs or guns? Can we sing that right now? Amen. Come on. We're going to break out some other weapons, not the bombs and guns, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We're getting ready to pull down some strongholds with our worship and our praise right now in our intercession in this house. So go ahead and break out your weapons of worship right now and let God bring victory for each other. If you feel led to pray with somebody, then go and do it right now because the body is ministering to the body right now. In the name of Jesus, come on, worship team, the weapons we use. Use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise Him for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. Oh, this is the way that we fight. Praise Him for the victory. Oh, can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. The weapons, the weapons we use are not bombs and guns. The worship is the way that the battle is won. Oh, this is the way that we fight. 
praise him for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. Oh, this is the way that we fight. Praise him for the victory. Can't stop, can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, 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 hallelujah. The devil tried to silence your praise because he's afraid of it. Because he knows that his kingdom is coming to an end. But do not allow yourself and your praise to be silent from this day forward. He has no authority to shut your mouth. I loose your lips in praise. Open up my mouth and you shall fill it with praise. Come on, let's open up our mouth and let Jesus fill us with praise that's going to bring victory in the house. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back oh no i won't turn back oh no Jesus, 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 can't stop praising his name, I just can't stop praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Can't stop, can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus.
shall bow every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever every knee shall bow every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever can't stop praising his name I just can't stop praising his name I just can't stop praising his name Jesus can't stop praising his name I just can't stop Praising his name, I just can't stop Praising his name, Jesus Can't stop Praising his name, I just can't stop Praising his name, I just can't stop Praising his name, Jesus Amen, let's clap our hands to the Lord right now Let's clap our hands to Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah Praise God, praise God Listen made a big deal this year about trying to make room for our youth make room do some things with our hyphen but I would be remiss if we did not remember the elders and those that have been around those that have endured those have who have experienced time and time again the victory that Bishop was preaching about today and that God has given us and just a few minutes ago, I looked back across the sanctuary and I saw Sister Nolan back there. Sister Nolan is a longest standing, I believe, member in our church. And God has given her great victories in her life. And I asked her, and I, I didn't want to embarrass her, and she's going to stand right back here. She's going to pray a prayer over us here in just a moment. She's going to pray, and I just want you to lift your hands. And as she prays, God is going to release some things into your spirit that she has gained. There are weapons and there are tools that she has gained, and there is going to be an impartation that takes place as she prays. You are going to receive something. You don't even know what it is yet, but it's going to come up. And you're going to realize that moment when Sister Nolan prayed was something that God gave me to help me endure this trial that I'm facing because nothing is going to separate me. Amen. Amen. So Sister Nolan is going to pray. I want you to just receive it in the name of Jesus, Sister Nolan. Praise him. Sweet Jesus, <laughs> Lord, you're going to have to help me with this because I don't know how to do this. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for all, for all that you've given us. Lord, all that you've given me personally. Lord, thank you for never letting go of me. Thank you for loving me even though I didn't love myself. Lord, thank you for help through all the problems and never leaving my side. Even though I thought I was alone. Oh, sweet Jesus, I was not. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are and not for who we, who we would be in your place. Lord, thank you for being so much better than all, than all of this. Thank you for making a place for us. Thank you for shielding us because you know, you know that there was so much more that could have happened. So many more things could have been gone, could have been wrong. Thank you, Jesus, for your ever-loving mercy, for the love you give us, for the love you've given me. 
Lord, cover this place. Cover this place. Lord, cover each one who is here, who is not here but listening. Cover us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we go through our week, cover us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on and praise God for that covering that was just prayed by an elder over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God for somebody who said she didn't know how to do that. My Lord. Amen. Listen, we, 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 every member of the body has an important role to play. Amen. And every single one of us, every single one of us has something to supply to the body. So I want you to say, Lord, where's my place in the body? And Lord, here I am. I make myself available to you. And let me just supply whatever it is that you want me to supply, that you've already given me. And never discount what God hasn't given to you. Because it is necessary and needful for this body to grow and be what it is. Thank you, Bishop Tryon, for an anointed, powerful message from the Lord. Thank you, church, for your willingness to worship and respond. Thank you, worship team, for being so sensitive to the Holy Ghost to lead us to a place where it was the atmosphere was exactly right for that word to come forth. And the combination of everybody in the church being spirit-led and responding to the moving of the spirit and the preaching of the word has created miracles that we don't even know about yet. There's some miracles you are already know about there's some things that that God's already given you victory over but there are victories yet to come that you don't even know about yet but they'll begin to manifest themselves we're going to have testimonies even this week of victories that that happened as a result of what happened in this service you're going to find some things that you thought were a problem that aren't even a problem anymore even this very week in the name of Jesus can we clap our hands to Jesus one more time Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Don't forget, we have Spanish service tonight at 6 o'clock and um, 5 o'clock p.m. at my house. The address is out there on the bulletin board. We're having a men's cookout. Men, please let me know if you're coming so I know how many burgers to cook and stuff. And um, let me know if you're coming. And let me just say this. You need to probably most likely park across the street at Strat, at, I started to say Strat, at Stanley Quarter. Stanley Quarter Park, <laughs> I need you to just park. It's easier if you park across the street instead of maybe getting blocked in the driveway and stuff. You can park across the street. There's a crosswalk there. You can come across, um, and uh, I'll have the grill fired up, and we're just going to have a good time, a fellowship. If you have a lawn chair, bring it. If you don't, that's fine. I got several, um, but we're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to have fellowship and uh, food and fun, and um, it's just going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.